Today is Thursday, February 17th. The title for our devotional is The Enemy of a Goodness Culture. As I observe popular Christian culture, at least evangelical popular Christian culture, through music, books, sermons, etc., I see an increased emphasis on goodness. I don't have statistics to show this, but (laughs) that's just my impression. I think this speaks to our desire for goodness in the midst of the numerous high-profile stories of corruption and toxicity within churches and church cultures. As an example of this, New Testament scholar Scott McKnight with his daughter Laura recently authored a book titled A Church Called Tov, Tov being the Hebrew word for good. Throughout the book, he contrasts a toxic church culture from a good church culture by alluding to those high-profile stories of corruption. Many of those stories share a common enemy to a goodness culture pragmatism. Of course, evil is the explicit enemy of good, but pragmatism is a subtle undercurrent that often leads to evil or allows evil to exist in a church culture and even be celebrated. In ethics, we we talk of pragmatism as doing what is more likely to get results without regard for what is right or wrong. Why were Mark Driscoll's abuses of power overlooked for so long? Well, his reach was massive. He was reaching thousands of people with the gospel? Why were Ravi Zacharias's and Bill Heibel's sexual misconduct not properly investigated? Their ministries were reaching tons of people with the gospel of Jesus. Why were James McDonald's financial mismanagements and abuses ignored? Well, he was contributing to the discipleship of thousands through his megachurch, through his radio ministry, and through his books. Why did the Southern Baptist Convention fail to explore allegations of sexual misconduct by SBC pastors for years? because it would damage the name of the SBC, and in their minds, therefore, it would also damage the name of Christ. Time and time again, instead of pursuing what is good and right and true, as we read in Ephesians 5.9, these ministries and ministry leaders chose the path that they thought would bring the best results, or be most effective, rather than the path of goodness, righteousness, and truth. Pragmatism is a rather subtle and therefore powerful enemy of goodness in our culture. It is, in fact, its subtlety that allows it to be so powerful. Because achieving results or being effective is not wrong, and in fact, it can be good. But it is not the end. The reality that we see throughout Scripture is that God is far more concerned with obedience than pragmatism. He calls us to obey and leave the results to Him. C.S. Lewis, of course, says it well. He says, It is not your business to succeed, but to do right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. In Numbers 20, God tells Moses to speak to the rock, to bring forth water for the whining people of Israel. Moses instead strikes the rock twice with his staff. The water still comes forth from the rock. That is, God still performs a miracle giving them the intended result. He gave Moses the result still in his ministry. But Moses disobeyed, and he is punished rather severely for his disobedience. Numbers 20.12 says this, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. So Moses was not allowed to bring the people of Israel into the promised land, which he had given his life in the mission of. Marching around the walls of Jericho and shouting isn't a super pragmatic battle strategy for Joshua. 
even in the ancient world. Yet that is precisely what God called him to do at the Battle of Jericho. This was one of the first things Joshua did as the leader of the people of Israel. Imagine his desire to prove himself as he was taking the place of Moses, no less. And imagine if this didn't work. He would have completely lost the respect of all the people. He could have justified his decision to not follow this order with pragmatism. But he obeyed. And we can read about this in Joshua 5 and 6. Think of Gideon. How does thinning out your army when you are already vastly outnumbered make any practical sense? Yet he obeys, and God still grants him victory in a way that he could have never foreseen. We can read about this in Judges 6 and 7. Think of Jesus, even. How does walking into Jerusalem to be killed bring about victory over evil, sin, and death? How does dying start the greatest movement in history? Yet he obeys, and the Father grants him the victory. Time and time again, we see throughout Scripture that we are called to obey and do what is righteous and good, thus leaving the outcomes in the hands of God. Again, pragmatism is a subtle enemy of goodness in a church culture that will corrupt our individual soul and it will corrupt the soul of our church. Reflection time today. Personally, how has pragmatism influenced your life? Is it a higher value to you than goodness, righteousness, and truth? Are there any concrete examples in your life in which you chose to do the right thing at the cost of what you thought would work? Or are there more times in which you chose to do what you thought would work, even if it meant violating what God has said is good, right, and true? Also, reflect on the dangers of valuing pragmatism over goodness in a church culture. Have you seen this in your church experience?